what's up? How are we doing out there, everybody? Um, we are Art Tracks. You were just listening to a really, really scratchy old record. It's actually the official Art Lebo uh, collection um, that I found at a thrift store recently. And yeah, <laughs> welcome to 2014. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Um, we're here with Rafa Esparza. Um, and hey, yeah. LA. Hey, LA. Rafa, hey, can LA. you just say hello again? Let me make sure this thing's Hi, hey, LA. Yeah, there you are. Everything is great. We're running, we're rolling. Um, so. Rafa. What's up? What's up, dude? Um, <laughs> We're here. I was on the way over here. I was, you know, I was like thinking about like, what kind of questions could I ask uh-huh. Rafa? And I've had a lot on my mind. And basically all the questions that I want to ask you are all like, you know, pretty much the big, huge life questions. Uh-huh. So um, <laughs> the hard ones, the hard ones. So before <laughs> we get into that, maybe we, maybe we can get a startup. Um, how, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've had to write a couple bios and things within the, the past i know you're getting a lot of shows and stuff things are happening for you right now how yeah. do you describe thyself who is rafa in a quick little you know synopsis or not quick you can take as long as you want oh my god yeah uh. who, 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 is, who is this person <laughs> which is i know a really difficult question uh rafa rafa is this um just someone that's super passionate about making um and super excited to be in LA right now. Awesome. Making stuff. Making stuff. Um, yeah, someone who's like always on the grind, just trying to keep myself busy um, and feeling really fortunate that um, I'm able to like make stuff and show it to people. Awesome. Yeah. Now I, for those of, for those people out there, and I would imagine there's definitely some of your some of your friends, some of your fans, some of your followers, people out there are listening. Um, for those, for those that, and because there are, I know there are. I know Rafa's got some mojo. For those people so that funny. that wouldn't know, I'll I'll go a little, maybe say what I know. I know Rafa Esparza as a multidisciplinary artist. So I know um, Rafa as a painter. Uh, which we don't talk about too much these days. Uh, no, no, I know, but yeah. as a painter, as a performance artist, mm. um, <clears throat> and as also someone who I feel like who's always kind of um, involved with connecting other artists too. I feel like you're involved in a kind of a, a community, whether or not we know that we're doing community building. I feel like you're also someone who's involved in, oh, being in this show, knowing this person, connecting this kind of person. I feel like at least with me, like you've connected me with some other people that I've met and, I feel like you're uh, like you're saying about LA. There's you're kind of you're in it, right? There's something about you participating in the art world, but, <laughs> but it's not the art world. It's the, one of those. One yeah, of those, one of the worlds. One yeah, of the yeah, worlds. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe it's just to give us a little more feedback on like uh, or just info on, on like um, when did when did you get started? Maybe making making performance work. When did that start for you? That started for me um, right around the time I started studying at UCLA. Um, prior to, I had uh, been at ELAC for a lot more than two years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I had, I mean, I, I'd, I'd been painting and drawing for like, I don't know, my whole life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, my plans were to study Chicano, Chicano studies. It's something that I'm like super like interested still about um i think it's a great way of well at the time i thought it was a great way of learning about myself um and i just kind of like applied to ucla on the flip just to see what happened nice and it happened um and 
around the same time I had it had been like pretty pretty recent that I had came out to like close friends and family um, mm. and and I think uh, performance for me was like the most I think effective way of um, interrogating spaces that I felt um, no longer part of mm. as I had recently come out of and a lot of those spaces were like places that um, I held really dear like and close to me like places like Danza um, places where I was beginning to like practice um, ceremonia indigenous like Lakota like rituals um, yeah, it was like a whole community that I felt like kind of estranged to after I came out. So for me, performance was just like really accessible and effective way of like interrogating something um, that I felt like a sort of urgency to like um, figure out. Really? I mean, you know, there's something I was thinking about on the way here, um, which is what you're bringing up. And is that you know i've seen i've seen your work actually i met you when you were at ucla because you were friends with alan right? uh -huh. yeah, so yeah, i saw yeah, you yeah. when you were painting still i think you were already you we had collaborated on a performance mm -hmm. yeah. right right off then which was maybe one of your first ones or yeah it was it was one of the first ones it was one definitely of, the first like in a gallery in a gallery sure. and yeah. it was at lace right it was at lace, it was at lace. Yeah. um now one thing that you're mentioning right now which i think is really important and special to me um me to, and I'm trying. I want to try to phrase this: is that I feel like your work is always somehow um, drenched in your identity. Mm. It's yeah, right? overflow, overflowing, <laughs> overflowing your identity. And my one of the things I was thinking about on the way here was like, hmm, isn't it funny? Or maybe it's just, or I don't know if the word funny is right, but isn't it interesting that? when you're an artist of color, when you're a queer artist, when you're an artist from a underrepresented group, which, you know, you're, you're checking all those boxes, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting that our work, and I'm just using our, because I feel like we're in a very similar group here. Mm. Um, our work is kind of always, or tends to be drenched in our identity, or barfing out our identity, mm -hmm. when it's, is, and I feel like, I wonder, is that, do you think, is that something that is a burden? This is a question mark. Mm -hmm. Or is it something that we have to do, a responsibility? Because, you know, it's like not every other artist is necessarily representing their identity so uh, prominently right. or investigating so right. much. And I wonder, like, huh, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's funny. It's like, yeah, not only do we have to make work that, like, is good that people want to look at, but we're also, like, dealing with, like, major like personal social things all For the sure. time you know so how does that does that you know how does yeah that yeah out? yeah that definitely like resonates i mean i feel like um there's also like distances that are like modulated by each individual um that sometimes don't feel like necessarily like um like there's an urgency to address like things that they've experienced you know and maybe those things are understood outside of the sort of social circumstances mm -hmm. um 
but I, I don't know. Like it's, it was a question, a big question for me. I think when I first started doing it, because it was like, you know, you're putting, you're kind of like putting yourself out there, a lot of right. yourself out there, right. <laughs> and and to sort of uh, create something that's gonna like, I don't know, mean something or touch someone or relay some sort of information that's relevant to whoever's seeing it um, is equally important, right? Right. Um, if not more so. So I feel like it's tricky. It's really tricky to, um, to, I don't know, to sort of figure out um, how, mu- how much, how much of, of yourself, in quotes, um, you know, to put in your work. Right. Um, yeah. But I feel like it's not even a question now. It's just like, um, it's, you know, it's not, I, I feel like now I'm not necessarily like questioning like these really like big questions about like myself per se, but like um, myself in the city, myself in, in the state, in this world, in this community. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that's something um, not universal, um, but it's something that I think, you know, I live with people, I live amongst people, you know, these experiences um, that I feel my work touches on are relatable. And maybe kind of this is kind of where I'm going at with this is I feel like your work um, is for a community. And it comes from a community, and I, I feel like your work doesn't. It doesn't. Only, it's not only for a certain kind of community. It's for the world in general. Um, <laughs> but I guess mm. what I'm saying is, it's like I think it's it's interesting and it's also challenging. And I'm I'm gonna say it's actually annoying sometimes for myself uh-huh. that like you know we can't just get away with making an abstract painting and walk away from it. Uh huh. Or can we? Uh huh. In terms of like, do you feel like you can't get away with it because you don't let yourself off the hook? Or? I think so. I think, and, and I would, I would even say that it's it's a hook that is un. I can't I can't take that hook out of me. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. And I think you know. I think you know because your work is always doing that. And I feel like, if if all of a sudden you started making abstract paintings, I I mean I'm sure they would be awesome. But I'll, at the same time, I feel like, whether or not we want it as artists of color as a queer artists as artists from you know from communities where there aren't tons of us making it in these big huge galleries and getting <clears throat> these huge monster shows mm-hmm. and whatever i feel like we are always kind of there's always this thing in our work that really is about identity and it really is about a personal mm-hmm. space and um i love it but at the same time when i guess what i'm getting at is like we have this thing that we have to carry regardless of whether we want to or not uh-huh and um, I don't know. I just think sometimes it's it's interesting because you see other people do some work where yeah maybe they're and I'm I'm just picking on abstract painting. I mean, there's other kinds of work. Yes. But you know it's like you, you know you make something really beautiful. You make something really striking. Um, but they don't have to infuse it with their personality and with their culture and with their identity and with all that stuff. But I feel like someone like you, I feel like it's you can't avoid it, right? Right. It's always going to spill out in there. Of course. And. I, and here, here would be the next question: Is like, what are um, what are some things that guided that are guiding you right now in terms of making work? Is there something that's pushing your work 
in the current daytime? Is there some kind of big idea or a couple ideas that are moving you forward? Yeah, there are a few. Um, in prepping for um, the show that's coming up at Vincent Price Art Museum mm-hmm. um, at East LA College, 8th of February. Have to of, plug, yeah, 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 let's plug, plug that 8th of February at ELAC, <laughs> East LA um, College. Ideas about... Um, it was, it was actually really funny the way um, things have progressed with this, with this project. Um, Karen Rapp, um, amazing um, museum director at VPAM, um, just kind of like posed this question of like what I do if, if, ha- have, if I had the opportunity to do something in a, in a gallery and in the museum. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking about um, my relationship to museums in general and my relationship to that museum specifically because that museum is so different from every other museum in the city. They just had Shizu show. Right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, because because of its ge- like geographically where it's at, but also because it's tied to this um, community college, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which you attended. Yes. Okay. Um, so there's like layers of access that um, I think make Vincent Price Art Museum a special or a different museum, a different place uh, to make work in. Um, and so what I decided to do um, was to treat it, uh, treat it the way I'd, I'd sort of... Um, I guess what I decided to do was to focus on finding ways to um, make make the work accessible to sort of communities that I've I feel have inspired my work um, that don't always get to see the work. Mm-hmm. Um, for a while, I've been concentrating on making work outside of art spaces, um, choosing public public sites. Um, uh, to create work, and so I feel like, kind of like bringing bringing that interest into this into into this project, um, has been one of the strongest sort of motivating um, components of how I'm thinking about um, this space. Awesome. And um, we should play a track in a second, but yes, but, yes. Um, before we get, before we get to a track, um, kind of kind of thinking about you know you're you're going to be able to to have this show coming up in february february 8th that's right yes february yes. 8th at vpam at VPAM, yeah um when when you're doing a show like this was there ever a moment um because i feel like this show knowing your work i feel like it's it's really gonna it's it's gonna be amazing it's also probably gonna shock a couple oh. people out there i'm sure <laughs> um was there was there something that you came across maybe while you were studying at elac or something while you were at ucla was there something that you came across another artwork that kind of spoke to you in maybe a special way like kind of the way that you're about to speak to others or was there something that grabbed you in a certain way yeah, definitely. I mean, right before, right before, right before leaving ELAC, um, Karen had put together a panel of um, women artists that were that were in the Phantom Sighting show um, that had just recently. Like, I think it must have been up while the panel um, 
like took place at ELEC. Um, that show was, I think, seminal. Um, mm. I, I think for my for for how it was kind of like an introduction to contemporary art mm. making for me. Um, and yeah, I'd have to say that 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 whole show was really important. Were there some artists you could name off there? Just so you know, again. People. I guess prior to that, I'd, I'd have to say that um, Asco, mm-hmm. um, Chicano performance art superheroes, right? Um, yeah, their their work um, blew me away when I first, you know, saw that photograph of Patsy Valdez, um, you know, just kind of like resting on the bridge with Gronk's tag right underneath her. Um, and this is when they tagged up Lachma. This is when they tagged up Lachma. Right. Yeah. Um, so like it just it just blew me away. Like uh, the idea of 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 what art what art was uh, what it could be. Um, it got me really excited about doing other things, doing more, learning more, reading more, seeing more, and and. Pushing performance, and at that point, right? Was oh, that for what sure. Got you, got you the ball rolling. Yeah, 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 definitely. And now that you are preparing this show, do you um, do you think? I get maybe. I guess what I'm what I'm trying to ask is, um, when you're when you're preparing these new shows, right? When you're preparing the show and you have this in mind, and you're bringing it to this new, you're bringing it to Elac, bringing it back to Elac. Um, do you think? Uh, what do you, what do you, th- I mean, and this is like a tough question, right? Excuse but, me. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> uh, but um, what do you, what do you think the other, the young Rafa who hasn't, you know, seen something yet or the, or her, her name could be Linda. Her name could be whoever, <laughs> him or her, they, um, if they're coming to the show, uh, what, what would you want to maybe like throw at them? Is there something that you want to do to their to their brains, to their artistic mind, to their to them as viewers, to a young artist, someone else like who hasn't maybe seen everything you've seen yet? I Which mean, is I a f- tough question. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you know, like making work outside of galleries and and choosing public sites to make work. That's always a goal, you know, to have maybe someone who would never step foot in a gallery stumble upon something that's tripping them out <laughs> right um connecting with them um in a way that you know not many people communicate mm-hmm. you know it's weird <laughs> it is weird and I, art is weird and that's what kind of i guess that's kind of where i'm trying to go at with this is like i feel like myself like you know going to art school and you know if i'm going to talk to my parents about art or something you know and when i was like back in back when i was in school and this is years ago now but you know, my, if I was doing a performance work or something, quote, weird, my mom and dad would always be like, is this what you do in art school? Right. Like, aren't you supposed to learn? this in la escuela? Yeah, aren't you supposed to learn how to draw <laughs> or, like, paint or something? So I think it was really awesome, you know, f- for me to see performance work and to me, for myself to be involved with that. And I feel like that's something that I see, like, this could be really cool about this show is you're going to do this for a bunch of people who are going to be like, well, what the heck? What, yeah. what just happened? Performance is such a, I feel like it's such a... Um, legible like language though for like yeah like for my parents i feel like it's i don't think it's something like super obscure like there are so many different types of 
performance, performative things that happen in Mexico. A lot of mm -hmm. like rituals. Um, yeah, I, I think it's not. I feel like I feel like sometimes my parents had more questions about my paintings than ah. things that they see me do. You know, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, this idea of performance as ritual is something that's really special to me. And with that in mind. Let's uh let's play some music. So what kind of stuff do you have for us right now? Um hmm. I guess I want to dedicate what songs that I'm going to pick um to my mom. <laughs> just cuz I picked them out of uh, just sort of um memories that I have of her listening to music while cleaning and doing her caseres at home and and while I helped her do all of that. So, I guess Let's start it off with what should I do? Just just hit play and just I'll hit get play. the volume. Orale, pues. Here we go. Um, I hear. And thanks for listening to K Chung, everybody. K Chung Radio dot org, and we're here with Rafa Esparza on art tracks. Okay, gonna have some music for you in a second. Gotta make sure everything's working, all everything's playing right. Let's see. Is it going there? Yeah, I hear something. Yeah, it's on there. You might even want to put it up loud. So this is it. There we go. That's good. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a minute. Un gran desgraciado de estar contigo. ¿Y cuánta falta le haces a este corazón? Que me hace sentir lo que hoy te pido Regresa mi amor Regresa conmigo Yo te necesito A cada momento Solo pienso en ti Lo digo y lo grito Tan solo eres tú Lo que me hace feliz Yo te necesito Amor Sentido jamás Espera bonito Mi vida es vacía Si tú aquí no estás Y no estás conmigo Me duele decirlo Desde hace unos días No sé de tu vida No sé más de ti Me siento Perdido entre lo escondido, se alargan mis horas, mi alma te añora y me hace decir que te necesito, que nada es posible en mi vida sin ti. Regresa te pido. Y no estás conmigo Me duele decirlo Desde hace unos días No sé de tu vida No sé más de ti 
Me siento perdido Entre lo escondido Se alargan mis horas Mi alma te añora Y me hace decir Que te necesito Que nada es posible en mi vida sin ti Regresa te pido Lágrimas faltan si lloro por ti Yo te necesito
Okay, everybody, we're back. Um, we're here on our tracks with Rafa Esparza. You're listening to kchungradio.org. And um, what two tracks did you just play us? Uh, the first one was from Los Bukis, um, and it was called Yo Te Necesito, Los Bukis. Fun fact, I just found this out today. Um, so Los Bukis are from Michoacán, um, and Los Bukis, or Buki, is uh, Purepecha. Um, and it translates into niños. Oh, so their cool. name is like Los Niños from awesome. Um Yeah, they're just probably one of the first, um, like, first groups that I listened to. That, well, I, they're one of the earliest sort of memories that I have of, like, listening to music. And they're a super group. They're huge. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, they're huge. Um, and the other one was... Um, Ana Gabriel and I think that one was Simplemente Amigos and it's like gay anthem (laughs) gay anthem in Mexico or here Um, um, and yeah both both artists who I grew up listening to um, I think my mom listened to um, I remember my mom listening to more music than my father growing up Um, and so whenever I Whenever I whenever I clean, I think about like this music, and I think about my mom. Um, um, and when I and when these songs come on, it also they also trigger like conversely trigger like memories of being with my mom mm. and doing like just house chores. Um, yeah, that's why I, I picked those songs. Yeah, that's, that's a great. That's a great connection. <laughs> um, so we've got a couple questions coming in here from the K Chung chat wing. Uh-huh. And for anyone who's listening on kchungradio.org, you can just type in your questions here and we'll get to them as soon as we can. Um, so first off, we have a question coming to us from guest 83 who says, <clears throat> will you tell a story about the bloody paletas? Um, hmm. The bloody paletas uh, was a piece that Dino and I, it was the first collaboration that Dino and I worked on together. And it was, um, it was a piece that we made specifically for the Mexicali Biennial mm-hmm. um, that was hosted by Vincent Price Art Museum nice. this last year. Um, we wanted to make something that was addressing um, drug consumption, um, mindless um, drug consumption here in the States. Um, and we, we, wanted, we wanted to make something where people would actually be part of the like, a sort of consumption without really knowing like, what hmm. sort of um, things were like. Sorry, I just got distracted. Yeah, yeah. hold on. Let me, let me close this door. <laughs> no, keep, no, no, it's fine. I think it's... Going. So we wanted to make, we wanted to make something that, that was addressing this um, mindless consumption. And while researching um, narco violence, um, we learned that um, La Michoacana, which is a really popular paleteria in, um, or paleta brand in Mexico um, that originated in Michoacan, um, changed their name because they didn't want to be associated with La Familia uh, Michoacan, which mm-hmm. is like a really um, powerful and violent um, cartel in Mexico. Mm. So what we did is we made blood paletas um, and we made um, specialized labels for the paletas um, 
were the labels read the, the ingredients on the label read that they were made out of like blood bone sugar um and we gave them out we we made a a little paletero cart uh and wrapped it with images of um um like pop like popular popsicles um and collaged in um really gruesome images that we found on Alarma and that we Googled um, and found. Um, so what we did is we, we gave out tapaletas uh, during the opening of, of that show. Wow. Um, originally, we had planned on the, the cart living inside the gallery, um, uh, but we ended, the, the cart, it couldn't, we couldn't let food be inside the, the space. So... Um, we were there's always some kind of code, <laughs> code violation but it, it ended up working out really well because um instead we were given the lobby um to to install our piece in um for the opening which was right next to right across from uh this jarritos concession stand whoa <laughs> so it was kind of it was perfect people were you know just, i mean and they ended up they did end up like being in the gallery, people were walking into the gallery with the popsicle sticks. And the popsicles didn't have blood in them, for real. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. Questions. Hmm. Questions. <laughs> questions. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a backstory to that. Nice. Um, that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. It was great. It was, I mean, that whole show was, um, there was some really, some really strong stuff in it. Um, it did well. I, I I think they um after it it had its run here in LA they took it over to Mexicali Rose in Mexicali and they had a they had everything I think most of the works installed there as well super um, cool got really good reviews nice yeah um let's just keep going with these questions because there's some good stuff here so the second question coming to us from uh, guest 83 so same guest uh-huh. uh tell us about the performance at Confusion and Sex number three with Dorian <clears throat> Wood hmm um Okay. Uh, so I, I think a lot of my work is like uh, well documented, not by myself, but just people that you know can't resist the, ger- the urge and take pictures, mm-hmm. um, which I'm super like happy and fortunate to have after the fact. Um, um, but if people are curious, they could always just go onto my website, and there's like brief descriptions of what happens. Um, in each of the works, um, so that that piece that Dorian and I collaborated on together, it was a collaboration, a full-on collaboration. Um, I had an idea of, because um, I had done it once before, of burying half of my body into the space, um, just as a sort of like meditation on the space itself um and so i presented the idea to dorian um and asked him if he could or asked him what he would do um and so we visited the space together um he was into it and dorian ended up um genius composing um a score that we recited um and it was just, um, it was a phone number, but it varied in like tone, um, 
speed. Um, I mean, you know, Dorian's like this has this operatic voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> powerful. powerful um, so working with him was super challenging. Um, at one point, I remember thinking, God, I just want to say these numbers. I don't want to sing them. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's what um, that that's what made that sort of that work really special to both of us is that there was like this um, um, way of communicating um, where we eventually arrived to a place of like sameness um, or a kind of understanding Hmm. um, that he also expressed um, he he experienced like halfway into the piece Um, and so the the place I should describe is um, well, you you helped curate that, so yeah, maybe Don, you can give Don, some. Don Casper, Dino, Dinko. Yeah, and I. yeah. Well, you could probably give a better yeah. background on the the site itself. Um, well, yeah, the site what is I mean has a lot of a lot of history. I mean, it was um, I mean we were taken there by Dino because of of, of its infamy as being like a cruising ground. Mm-hmm. But not only that, it was also like a wetland right. that had then been demolished by the U.S. Army. Right. That was now like a wetland that had been kind of destroyed, but that was still sort of beautiful. Yeah. And it was also by the Sepulveda Dam. I mean, it, it just was like, has had so much intensity in terms of the space itself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so the, the space that we, that we ended up choosing to sort of bury ourselves in and seeing to one another um, was surrounded by... Um, a few trees that had like sex graffiti on there um, some some messages with guys that had left their phone number mm-hmm. for for a good other time cruisers. Call. yeah yeah um, and so I just I, I, I loved that that Dorian composed this piece inspired by you know the site itself right. it was really it yeah it was it was a beautiful kind of like response to that space. And I think we should also for for people who were there um, saw, and for those that didn't see, I mean, this was a also like intense like physical thing too between the two. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, the digging, the digging was um, gruesome. We were, I remember going. We had been there a few times, and when we were when we were there, we were like feeling the earth um, just to see what what the texture of the sand was, the hardness. And it felt, it looked, I was like, oh, we could do this. Yeah, we could like dig ourselves into the earth. But like a foot into it, like it was just like rock. Right. And uh, I'm going to tease them, but Dorian brought like this spoon (laughs) to shovel with. Amazing. I love you, Dorian. Um, And it was just like, it was work. It was fucking work. It was was a lot of work. I mean, I think we had we had given ourselves like a couple of hours to sort of do this right, and it ended up becoming. I th- I think it happened throughout like the stretch of most of most of the day. Probably a good four or five hours, maybe. Yeah, for Something sure. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, labor of love. Labor of <laughs> love. And there's there's some pictures of like you were saying that um, people can see on your on your website. How do we get to your website? What's the address? Uh, Rafaesparza.com. Yeah. There's also some stuff that um, can be found on the Confusion is Sex three Tumblr, um, and mm-hmm. I think there was also a couple write ups. I think out there, so a couple pictures exist. Um, and moving on to the the last question we have here from from one of our <laughs> listeners, 
um, which is an interesting question. In Mexico City, so here's a question. In Mexico City, quote, performance art is labeled identified with the English word performance. Performance. So, uh -huh. la performance. So, la performance, performance yeah. <laughs> As if it's a concept that comes from the English-speaking world. Interesting question mark. So, what, what do you think about that? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I... What do you think about it? I don't know. It's funny because, it, like, I, this actually this, the reason this actually brings me back to kind of where we left off before we broke for music was the idea of performance as ritual. It, uh -huh. it would seem to me like, um, you know, maybe the reason the, the reason why there isn't a word for it in in Spanish necessarily is. Um, because the word ritual kind of carries some other kind of information with it, some mm -hmm. other kind of power with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, also, I think as we, as we both know, there's something about, you know, be, between Spanish and English of borrowing each other's words a lot, right? especially between, you know, I would say from Los Angeles all the way down mm -hmm. or even, you know, anywhere from mm -hmm. America all the way down. Like we share a lot of different words. So, I mean, I'm not sure why they're calling it performance, but it's it's interesting because in many ways, like what you've been bringing up, you know, um, indigenous rituals, um, religious rituals, and there, there's been a lot of performance. I think in the in the culture of Mestizaje, there's been tons of oh, things. Yeah. Like our our, oh, kind of, yeah. our lives are full of it. Yeah. So it's funny that we're using the word performance, which right. is an American English type of concept. Right. You know. But it's also like just part of the jargon that right. that we sort of navigate as makers or whatever, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, I remember, I remember coming across it the first time a few years ago when I was reading like some, I don't know, some journal, um, Spanish written journal. Um, and it threw me off a little bit, but I thought, oh, well, okay. Performanciar, performance, <laughs> it's fine. Right. I mean, I, I feel like there, there are other words, um, but it's, I feel, there may be longer. <laughs> yeah, it's probably about, about ease. Arte about vivo. Ease. Yeah. Uh, Arte en vivo. Yeah, that sounds good. And I, I think this is one thing that, that for, for myself as an artist, is something I, I'm always thinking about. And I, and this is a, maybe a, a question or a place for us to start another little chat would be, um, do you see performance art as ritual? Are those two things the same? Um, and... If they are the same, then are you just an artist or are you something more than an artist? Mm. <laughs> um, I mean, it can be. It's not exclusively. Right. I think it depends on the performer right? Um, and how they want to exist in either one of those spaces, um, either or or simultaneously. Um, Yeah, and I think it's I it, it is um it can be like sort of problematic to label all ritual performance, mm -hmm, right? Cuz mm -hmm. there's this um there's there's both this spectacle and entertaining kind of element to uh performance as a, as a just, you know, performance with a capital P. Um and rituals aren't necessarily always intended to to do both of those things, right? Um, but I think it's it's really interesting. I mean, it's yeah. 
um, to sort of make work that's in between those spaces um, or that navigates those two ideas. Um, it's tricky. It's really tricky. Um, and I, I think you're, you're, you're bringing up a good point there because, you know, we can't label all performance artists virtual, no. Mm-mm. And we can't label all rituals as a, as a performative act, although we... I don't know. The semantics is get, gets interesting. Mm-hmm. But I guess the point here is that I, I really feel like, you know, your work, when I encounter your work, there is something um, that goes beyond, I think, just like... A, it's goes. I would say that it goes beyond spectacle. I think your work <clears throat> is, is, is speaking to something bigger. Um, and... Huh. I think that's why I like your work because your work, <laughs> your work isn't just about you just up there kind of ranting and raving. Well, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like part, I mean, I don't, you know, thank you. <laughs> um, but there's, um, I feel like there are references that I make, um, or maybe um, rituals that I feel like I um, am doing when I'm, when I'm making some of my work. I wouldn't say all of it, um, right. mm-hmm. but I, you know, when I'm when people think about bloodletting and performance, you know, there are like key figures that someone who's um, educated in, in art. Um, could name right off the bat mm-hmm. you know um and the first time i saw bloodletting in like live bloodletting in a performance i mean i thought about like you know i was thinking about sundance right. you know and i was thinking about um not the film festival of, right <laughs> but the actual sundance i was thinking ritual. about these sort of like um how blood exists in other like performative um, acts um, in a sort of more in a sort of longer history of of yeah I'm sorry I'm losing my train of thought but you know I I think there's um, I think we know more about um, performing than we like to think or that we give our ch- ourselves a chance to sort of um, explore. I think sometimes we hang on to like words and ideas that we read in books. Um, Kate Gilbert, a uh, good friend, um, her, Dino, and I were working on a um, queer performance art um, workshop uh, a few months ago and she said something like just brilliant she was like every kid that comes in to our workshop is going to know how to perform because they have a body they have the tools they have a history um, and they have they're able to to perform they already have like first hand experience mm. of performing um, and I it's true I mean I feel like it's it's something um, 
that I think many people have the potential to sort of access. And one of our comments here kind of goes along with that. They, they're saying, we have stories we carry in our blood. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Guest number 83, you're on, you're on fire over here. Um, and then someone else says, it's not easy, though. Good point. Mm-hmm. And here's something, and we're running out of time, because like I said, I have, that we could talk about this stuff forever, because mm-hmm. there's a lot going on here. <clears throat> but um, I have found with performance art for myself as, as a... As a person who I know that my great grandmother spoke a language that was an indigenous indigenous language, mm-hmm. or it was my great great grandmother, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't speak one of those languages. Mm-hmm. Where's your great grandmother from? From El- well, my, I was actually born in El Salvador, so okay. they they would have spoken. You were born in El Salvador. I was born in El Salvador. Oh wow! Too. I yeah. Know that. So I, you know, they spoke Nahuatl, right? Okay. So I would have if. If the language would have been allowed to live, which in El Salvador it was not, it yeah. was, you know, a lot of the people of indigenous background were persecuted and murdered in the 1950s, mm-hmm. um, which is a classic story. Yeah. Terrible story. Sad. But, yeah. I mean, but, but here's the thing I felt like with my, with my works and my investigations with performances, I feel like I've kind of been creating my own legend because I don't actually have a legend to actually stick to. Uh-huh. So one thing I've done, and I think, you know, this could be problematic to some people, is I've invented my own rituals yeah. by, like, collaging all these things together because yeah. I actually don't have I don't, I, I don't have an actual elder to go and talk to uh-huh. because they're all gone. Yeah. And I've, I think there's something about kind of what we're talking about here, this idea of, of in our blood, in our something. I do think that, that as artists we do have, we do have a, a, a choice to make work that goes this way that yeah. kind of speaks to an unknown history or maybe to a known history and i think it's awesome that when you know when when for example someone like yourself does work like th- that i think can make other people kind of realize that they're connected to a bigger thing that they're all they're in a huger world too um so i don't know i think there's something interesting about that and i think it might also be kind of one of the um questions or problems that we come up with as being you know people who are from a uh, a colonized group right uh-huh. and th- these you know like who the hell are we what are our identities of a big question mark and i'm saying we i hope i'm not I'm going too far with we no, but, no, no, no. but you know what i mean I, our yeah. identities like oh like, like yeah i speak spanish but what well it's what, definitely what? it's a shared experience yeah. um and you know there are and and in that there are like layers of awareness right you know that kind of inform how we live and exist in the world um but that's what really i I mean it's not only not the only reason why but i remember um when i first saw your work there are things that i saw in your work that i immediately like recognized and just like really spoke to me and i was like Hmm. uh it's like he knows he knows he like he knows um and we hadn't even ever like really spoken yet right um but how do you like well here's a question for you how do you um there so there are there are um resources or or elders or right or people that that i mean there, there are people still speaking now Oh, of right. course, of course, um, yeah. I how signed do up you, for the Facebook group the other day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really did, I really did. 
<laughs> um, how do you how do you feel like when or how do you how do you sort of um, navigate like these decisions of creating ritual that looks that has a certain aesthetic um, and and because you t- you mentioned like not having access to you know an elder right and so you and and so you make you make your own rituals mm-hmm. um how do you sort of navigate this i mean I, like I think, making yeah i think i think you know uh i think that's actually been something i've been trying to figure out for a long time still trying to figure it out um i think what i end up doing is i work a lot with you know with collage and chance and culture and throw all the three things together in the blender and see what happens uh. so like i know that you know there, there might be some sort of um i mean i know that my you know it's in my blood to speak nawa it's in my blood to know that culture although i don't i don't know it because yeah. it was erased from my parents culture uh-huh. and my grandparents culture um I know that, you know, there is there is a connection to the earth and to the animals and to nature. But a lot of that has been taken away from me because, you know, I grew up in the 90s in the valley on a skateboard, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> eating burritos or something. So it's I it's like I what I ended up doing is is really collage. So I it's kind of at this is kind of what was kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier is that, you know, I don't I don't feel burdened by it but I have to use these things all the time. Okay. And I feel like that's kind of, my investigation is just is just like, oh, well, here's all these things I have to collage. I have to keep collaging. Yeah. And it's kind of like that Dadaist thing that sometimes when you make a collage, you're like, oh, whoa, look at that. Yeah. It looks like a Jaguar or whatever, yeah. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there's something, I, I, that's what I mean, that's what, I, for me, that's what I love about making art really yeah. is that I, I am trying to sort out this big old swimming mess. in it, yeah. swimming in it, yeah. And yeah. I can't unswim in it, right? As much as I try, yeah. Which that's when it that's when sometimes it gets. Uh, I hate to use the word burden, but I just uh, I don't you know I don't like it when we we as artists of color have to be pigeonholed as artists of color, uh, you know? Yeah. Because then I feel like we're discriminated against, and we're also I feel sometimes that we are also demeaned. Mm-hmm. And we're like devalued mm-hmm. when actually our work tends to be huger and more taste has more taste and juice and flavor than a lot of other stuff. And honest. And honest. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. <laughs> How Let, much? Yeah. Lots of stuff right here. We talked forever. <laughs> um, let's see. A couple last things from the chat wing. That's the trouble with quote art. There are no accessible quote elders to talk to. Our successful predators are inaccessible. Ooh, the chat wing is getting pretty hot right now. Active, yeah, it's getting active. So I think we've done a, we've done a good job. Um, we've got two minutes left because we've been rambling forever. Um, Rafa, is there any you want to plug that show again? Remind us where, where we're yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's at it's in um, East. So it's at the Vincent Price Art Museum um, at East East Los Angeles College, and it's gonna open uh, February eighth. Um, meanwhile. Um, there are a series of like private um, encounters, performances, um, which will culminate with like one large public one um, the day the show opens. Great. Um, so yeah, 
check it out come awesome. to it awesome rafa um thank you so much for for being on today. thank you for having me yeah oh my god thanks for all the, the ramblings <laughs> i knew we were gonna i mean i feel like this is you know we could talk about these major things for for, for a sure. long time for sure and I, I hope that we'll have more opportunities to do this in the future um yeah, there's always amazing things happening here on kchungradio.org, everybody. So thank you for listening. Thank you, people, for um, participating on thank the chat you, wing. Yeah, thank you. There was a lot of good questions out there. And let's leave everybody with, uh, do you want a song you want to leave us out with? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, um, let's switch it up right here. Okay. Let's. So thanks a lot, everybody. Keep listening to kchungradio.org. New sh- next show is coming up. Bye. Bye-bye.